we're here. Hey, we're just gonna start rolling today. We're back. Episode we're always back. Back. Episode thirty-three. Mike's tea or Mike's tea. Mark's tea is hot. Mike's hard lemonade. Brought to you by Mike's hard lemonade. And sure, a the lot of people. Age of Jesus, thirty-three. Had a lot of Mike's yesterday for St. Patty's Day. If you're drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade on St. Patrick's There's Day, people out there that do it. St. Patrick himself is coming down from the, the, the heavens, Saint Patrick and heavens, whipping your ass and choking with one of those snakes he drove from Ireland. I don't know if that's actually like what's going to happen. I didn't drink. I well, I had one glass of scotch at about 10:30 p.m. last night. I thought you were going to say a.m. I was going to be really impressed. 10:30 p.m. I was finishing up some work on the computer, and I was like, you know what? I deserve this, which is how an alcoholic would sound, I'm sure. But did you finish the scotch? Wait, did I give you the scotch you gave me? No, I brought that back in. (laughs) No, you did not re-gift me the scotch I gave. I'll bring it in. uh, I'll drink the hell out of that. I'll bring it in. And then, uh, yeah, no, then I did not do any St. Patrick's Day. Now, on Saturday night, I went out with some of my friends, and we did do a car bomb at Boots and Dills. I love those. Just to celebrate going out. I love those. They're delicious. That's my favorite part of St. Pat. Like, like, if I go out on the pup crawl, I will go my first spot, car bomb. I remember a number of St. Patrick's Days, parts of them that were great. I will say the first good St. Patrick's Day was actually with my daughter's mother when we were in college. We made like a date plan and like I don't even think we were dating. I don't remember. It was around that time, but she's like, Let's go do something on St. Patrick's Day. So we went to this place that had, you know, breakfast and we were eating at like seven AM. We're having eggs and bacon and bangers and green beer and shots of Jameson. It's like and we're like it's like seven AM. I'm like, this chick is super cool. Now Maybe she did a little too much of the sauce, you know, throughout her life. But that's a different story. Let's keep that one off the air. <laughs> um, but we're at episode 33 here with Nick and Jeff, Honest Dish with a side of hot sauce here in glorious Traverse City, Michigan. New Leonard Media Studio. Yep. Mark, Mark Wilson, Wilson here in the house. He just, every every week, we, there's more updates. More upgrades. It. We got these, like, sound boxes. We're getting a green screen for if we ever have a YouTube channel. Uh, stripper pole goes in the back room. Um, next to the bathroom. Yeah, this, the and this, bathroom. this table is fantastic. And this wouldn't be an honest-ish episode if we didn't talk about this guy that we always talk about. But first I want to say that Mark sent us a video of this guy, Taekwondo Master Man. And doing his kicking a, abilities. A, what was it, a spin kick? <clears throat> a side spin kick with perfect form, if you watch this. Oh, like, it was insane. And it was like knee up. Everything was perfectly straight, and the transition of force from the body through the leg to the bag, I just kept picturing him kicking you in the nuts. And like, I may have peed a little bit when I saw so it. So, Joe Rogan, this one's for you. We dedicate this episode like we have all of them to you, and in the hope that you will take Nick's challenge. Um, Nick is a black belt in bullshit shudo, and you know it's uh, he's coming after you, bro. So, I'm just gonna come in swinging, man. Come in swinging hard, best. but just you got to keep a tight stance because I, I, if you bring that arm, that that haymaker, you're just gonna my go down. my luck. We're gonna be like I'm gonna be sitting there like going back and forth, just just ready to throw my first punch, and my back's gonna go out and it's gonna take me to the ground. Like he's not even gonna get to touch. Oh, me. you're just like gonna like move and your back's yeah, gonna like oh, go out. oh oh shit. <laughs> 
Oh, that could no, but those uh, those kicks were something yeah. else. I went down a Joe Rogan and then Michael Jai White rabbit hole today after watching that video. So I was like, oh, there's some solid hitting technique. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, I'm looking forward to it if when this happens. When. So when. Joe, in uh, yeah, episode 100. So we've got 67 more episodes until we have the Joe Rogan special. And even if he says no or never replies. We are gonna like straight up just like troll on Joe Rogan that whole episode. So, so be ready. today we're gonna talk about business and starting businesses. Business, start um, your business, start your engines. You, Jeff, you've got a side hustle. I just started a business, and yeah, so I think we're well versed in the in the in the you know the business realm. But before we get into that, I want to say that you're gonna go on a vacation here. I'm going to Florida a week. You're going to Florida, and a couple weeks ago when you were gone coaching girls basketball, Katie and I and Mark did an episode about vacations. Yes. So you looking forward to unplugging? Oh, I am like, I'll take my computer, but I will probably only dedicate 20 minutes a day. Um, Just buzz through email, answer Do back. some things that need to be done. There are some things on the plate that should keep moving along, but I will do my best. Um, I have a new assistant, and I'm going to... She's going to try her best. So I'll probably do like a 10-minute call with her each morning or some point in the day. And then, you know, but at the same point, I'm on vacation. So, like, I'll send my out of office on, like, I'm on vacation. Don't bother me. I'm going to – my voicemail and my email will have an auto replies. So I'll be good. Um, no, I'm looking forward to spending that time with my kids and unwinding. And You guys are driving. Sitting out, oh, I love it. I'm so excited. You're crazy. Dude, it's going to be great. You're crazy. Oh, it's going to be great. Driving with three children? Yeah, but I mean, not like, they're going to, no one's going to have to sit next to each other. I've got three rows of seats. Some, I mean, I mean, obviously someone can sit next to me if they want, but the two middle chairs in the back, in the, the first back seat are captain's chairs, so nobody has to like, he's touching me. This is a wall. Don't cross the wall. You remember that one was sitting in the car with your brother? The wall. So we're not going to, we're not going to have to deal with that. Um we're going to get up Friday the 26th at 2 in the morning, and we're going to jump in the car. The car will already be loaded, and we're going to start driving. And if the kids want to sleep in the car, which I'm assuming they will, and then... Because they're probably not going to go to bed the night before. No, they'll go to bed. We'll all go you to think? bed. I mean, I'll probably go to bed before them, and they'll go to bed probably like 11 or midnight, and then I'll wake them up. Throw them in the car, then we'll just start driving. They're gonna hate life when they get up for a minute. Though they will for a minute, they'll hate me. Yeah. Or I'll have the. I don't want to go. I don't even care about Florida. Let's just go later. Like, but the the thing is, is then when the sun comes up, and you know everyone starts waking up, and it's like, hey, wherever we're at, we'll go find some breakfast. Mm -hmm. But I don't know with COVID, like if there's gonna be places to actually eat or not. I think there should be. There should be. And once the sun comes up, I mean, you guys will either. Be in southern Michigan or just south? Um. Well, if the sun's come, let's say six a.m. is you know four hours. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be in southern Michigan. Yeah. I'd like to be in Indiana eating something, but it'll be, it'll be fun. Or maybe we'll leave at one in the morning. I usually like to leave. Well, with bars closed, I might push that to like midnight or one, only because it used to be two a.m. I would leave because then you would avoid the bar drivers, right? So mm-hmm. people leaving the bar, you really want them off the road. Yeah. And then you, you know, hit the road. So I have, I have one memory, one distinct memory of when I was a kid, probably close to that. How old is your your youngest? 
He's eight. I was probably around that age, and we all packed in the car. Oh, it was night. I think we left at like, I don't know, 9 p.m. or something, and um, it was like my two cousins, my brother, and myself, so four kids in the back, my parents up front, and uh, we were heading to Alabama. Like Gulf Shores or Gulf something? Gulf Shores. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think we got to Cadillac. And I started to really like my stomach hurt, dude. Like I, I had the shits. Oh boy, bad. So and I had to stop probably once, like every hour. Okay. For probably four or five hours, and my cousin. Uh, Did you shit on your cousin by accident? No, she was getting so pissed at me. She was like, "Dude, I want like we want to get there. Hold, hold, hold your hold bathroom your poop for the next twenty hours." Yeah, like what. <laughs> You're ruining the trip already, and I'm really sitting there. I'm like, it's making my stomach hurt more because right. I'm, I'm all anxious, you know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh I once gosh. had a road trip where I think it was I was driving back with the girls' mom from I think it was we were driving to East Lansing from her mom's house in Manistee, and I just had like the worst food indigestion diarrhea where it was like we would literally drive 20 minutes. I'm like, I, I gotta stop, I gotta stop, and it was like constantly and it was awful i remember one time i had some food poisoning and was driving to traverse city from east lansing with the kids and it got so bad i was like you know what we're just getting a hotel i was like Mm -hmm. i don't care like we're we're an hour and a half away i can't make it we're stopped we i think we stayed in like big rapids or something i don't remember but it was worth 200 bucks i was like guys i'm going to soil myself and this just hurts my inside and I had like a little fever and I passed it. It just was. And then, like, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was like, all right, I feel great. Like, yeah. it, it flushed through me. But were you barfing? Uh, no, I think this is just the backside. Okay. You know, which, which side's the liquid coming out front, the, back? The both. backside, the rough yeah. ride, the dip, dip, dip dive. No, not familiar <laughs> with that. Um, but let's get down to brass tacks. Yeah, uh, man. You want to talk about starting a business and some lessons learned. And I'm fine with talking about the side hustle a bit. Um, I think more of I'll I'll try to draw on more of like you know in my banking career, I've worked with probably at least two hundred companies or small businesses that have started up. I, you know, probably maybe five hundred. Probably more than two hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's you've been in banking for a while. Yeah, I've been doing this a while, so it's like I think we want to impart with our listeners maybe a couple, just like oh shoot, I you know that would have been nice to know. And I think we also want to talk about some lessons we've learned from our own experiences. Um, and I think that's kind of we'll try to cover a few things. Sure. And I know we've touched on this a prior episode. We we started talking about some started, of these things. Yeah. yeah. Um, so f- for you, my first question is with your side hustle and go as far as you want. What made you decide the industry and like kind of getting into that? Like, wh- how did that form? Well, I always like wanted to do something related to the trades, even though I have no skills, which is like doesn't sound. You have skills, but no, like I don't. I, can't, I manual mean, labor skills. Not really. Like, like I'm. I mean, I'm not lazy, and I'm not an idiot, and I'll work hard. So it's like I have the manual labor skill set. I just don't know what to do. If you're like, hey. Go. I want you to, you know, trim this window, and I'd be like, I don't know what you mean by that. Or like, you know, go get me this tool. I'm yeah. like, is that the? I'm in the same boat. What color is that? <clears throat> what shape is that? But 
Um, and I wanted to learn, and so I actually made friends with a general contractor. On a, you know, over time, our kids were playing soccer together. Did you guys meet through the banking world? Or? Nope, through okay. uh, kids sports. So okay. our kids played on a sports team together, and we just talked for about a year. And then it was like, let's try to do a project together. And then we started that, and we said like, hey, like let's do some remodeling stuff where I'll try to be more on the sales side, sales and marketing. He'll, he'll obviously manage the work. And then I get to learn a little bit on the end. And, and you know, there were some really good experiences with that. Um, the challenge was COVID happened. And so kind of the plan went by the wayside. I ended up working 80 hours a week in the, the banking world versus the normal, like, 40 to 50. The PPP. And he was, you know, needed, like, to do a lot. You know, there was a lot of hustle going on. So there were some things that just didn't go the way we planned. But now looking where we're at a year and change later – you know, his business, like his own like skill set, you know, he's charging roughly 300 bucks an hour for his skills because he's a high end trim carpenter. And if you know what's going on in housing in our region, like he can, you know, it's like you want a coffered ceiling, you want a like a, a custom staircase, you want like every anything high end mm -hmm. that like requires skilled woodworking knowledge and many years of experience like all day. But like you know, I'm looking at like the heart, the wood flooring or the laminate flooring here. Is this laminate or uh, vinyl? vinyl? So it's like for Zach to do a, a whole room. Um, so like last, what would have been early last summer, he and I went to Shaylin's house and did the flooring for her kind of foyer. And like literally watching him do this was like watching like a chipmunk on crack just go super fast. It was just like. You know, boom, hand, boom, 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 cut, do, snap, move, do. It was like, it was magical. And it was cool to watch that. And, you know, I'm like, I can't do That's going to take me. He's been doing it for 20-some years. You know, he grew up doing this when he was like eight years mm -hmm. old. You know, was working on a job site at 13. So it's like, yeah, I'm never going to, like, I'm not going to get to that level. But it's like I can learn a lot. And so I have. Um but I think one of the biggest things, like the why, was I wanted to do something that I could look at and be like, hey, I did that, right? Like, I can drive through town right now and point at, like, hey, yep, I helped them start their place. I helped mm -hmm. them open. I helped them. And there's something tangible. Yep. But I think there's something more yeah. tangible to be like, my sweat went into, like, you know, laying this flooring. Yep. Or my sweat went into putting this tile yep. on. or. And so the building you're standing in, you helped. Build. Yeah. And like, so there was some really... stuff and I've gotten to help with some stuff, but it's been super limited. Um, but I've always been interested in that and I've always been lazy to do it for myself. Right. Like, so I know a lot of people, Mark, for example, you know, bought a home and he's done all the work himself. I, how on the other hand would stare at it and be like, fuck this house. I don't even want to live here anymore. And I did what I did. I sold my house, made my money and, you know, walked away. By the way, there's a house listed on Rose Street for $397,000 now that is on this side of Hannah. Like, not the, you know what I'm saying? So you should start looking to sell your house. Anyway. Um, so what, is there anything else you want to add to that? No, it was just to like, it was covered. something to branch off out of and, and something that I would, I've wanted to learn, right? So it's like at the point in my career, I wasn't learning much. So this was allowed me like a platform to learn something new. Okay. So where, I mean, I know that you guys just finished a home, right? We're almost done with the spec home we're building. We've done a couple of really decent sized remodels. Um, 
We're finishing a friend of mine's basement right now, and that's going pretty well. Other than I'm going to give a negative shout-out to Menards, you retards. Oh, we can't say that word. You jabronis. <laughs> um, so they delivered these doors that were damaged. So they were like, okay, we'll re- resend them. And so then they resend them, but I was like, I want you to change where you're sending them to. I want you to send them to the job site this time. So then they send them out. They don't re- re- confirm, and then they're like, oh, no one was at this address. Well, it was my old house. I was like, of course, I don't live there anymore. They're like, oh, for you to change the address on a, a reship, we have to do a whole new order. So we've canceled your order, and now you have to go order them all over again. I'm like, you guys are the ones running the computer system. Like, why do you have to make this so complex? Mm-hmm. But we've had a couple of good jobs that have been like, they're just, it's, it's cool to see the before and after. Yeah. So primarily, where is your, like, where have your leads come from? Are they, is it all re- referral based um, or like well, friends and family? And so or? this is like what I told you last week, right? So I, I'm a big believer in direct mail when you're starting a service based <clears throat> business. Um, and I don't mean every service, but any of the trades, if you don't have a reputation or you don't have a name and you're starting something new, you're really trying to go to the customer and get them. Cause like, there are customers, and then there's people that are going to refer you. And they're sometimes one and the same, but sometimes there's they're not, right? So, like, for an example, like, in the trades business, construction, whether it's carpentry or plumbing, electrical, you know, homeowners are the huge buyer of your, your service, right? And so the best way to meet a homeowner is by direct mail. Direct mail historically has a 1% to 2% hit rate. So if you start looking at the math, and I would say – for almost any start starting service-based business, go spend a thousand dollars. If your average ticket on a job was say, a, you know, like if you're a car, if, let's say you're an electrician and you're starting out and you're charging forty-five bucks an hour for labor, which is pretty low, and then you're doing you know, fifteen percent margin on maybe materials. Well, let's say your average job was like eighty bucks and you spend a thousand dollars on mail. You get to send out a thousand pieces of mail, and at one percent, you're gonna get ten hits. Well, ten times, you know, your forty bucks times two. That's like eight hundred bucks. It'll like the the lowest paying job will basically pay for that mailer. Now, if you're looking at something higher, like you're a a general contractor and you want to do a remodel job, and let's say the average remodel at that time was like ten grand. All you need is one, like, let's say you send a thousand pieces of mail. All you need is one out of a thousand to like yeah. convert. So, you know, our first couple of jobs all came from direct mail. Did they really? Uh huh. And, you know, got a website. And then we spent time on Facebook interacting with, you know, on those overheard pages where people were like, I need a referral for a blank. And I would reply and then follow up and just had a consistency piece to it. Um, and then there was a couple referrals. We talked to a few realtors, introduced ourselves. But then that whole soft sell kind of thing, that longer game, really dried up for COVID, right? Because you didn't have that ability to like go, hey, I want to meet with you and talk to you about something I'm doing. I want to meet mm-hmm. with you and talk to you. It, it mm-hmm. was more, you didn't get that person-on-person interaction. But, you know, it, it converted. I mean, gross sales was a, is a respectable figure for 2020 from going to zero to where we ended. Um, but if I were to do it again in COVID, I would have probably ramped up the direct mail, like at part of it, just knowing like you can't 
you know, ad, and we did some Facebook yeah. ads, which really didn't do anything, but it did create some like, oh, I've seen your guys' stuff out there. And you're like, really? I didn't know. And like Facebook ads are cheap, right? But you don't really get much. You get impressions. You're not converting right. people. But I mean, that whole, like I would say our total marketing spend, other than using the business news, which in Traverse City can be expensive and not necessarily do anything. It's just kind of fun to be in there. If I remove that out of there, we were probably like 2500 bucks of marketing and probably converted out of that $70,000 of revenue. So for the for the direct mailers, how just out of curiosity, how many mail like how many pieces of mail did that get you for 1000 bucks? Um, do you remember? I think Ours was a little more than a thousand because we went with these giant oversized postcards, which I don't know if I would do those again because they were, but they were huge. They were the high end double gloss, you know, both sides. And I think we ended up mailing because those I think came out to like 40 some cents a card. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think we mailed like 2,500 people basically. Okay. And yeah, I mean, we got calls like the first couple days. Did you really? Yeah, and in like you get tire kickers or like you know price shoppers, but at that point, like if you don't have a customer base, right? Like, right. You know, if I'm a person that's starting a service business, like let's say I'm moving to Traverse City or any new area, and I want, and I'm a skilled carpenter or I'm a skilled electrician or plumber, and I'm not joining the union, let's say, or you know, let's say you want to do remodel work, right? You're a general contractor. You're You've got a lot of different skills, but nobody knows you, and you don't necessarily want to be a subcontractor for anybody. Direct mail, spend the money, get a you know, have your own phone line, go to your phone, super easy, set up a clean voicemail. Hi, this is Nick with such and such. You know, like, you know, we can't be reached right now, but like, have a professional air to it. Mm -hmm. And then when people call, call them back. Yep. That's like huge, right? Because yep. I mean, especially in the trades or the service business, you don't get a call half the time. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I will say, you know, in some businesses, they always say like mailers are failures. In a way, yeah, it's a failure, but you know, like your hit rate. Like if I'm going to tell you, like if you were a cleaning person and you sent direct mail and you spend $1,000, but your hourly is only 20 bucks an hour, which is not even a thing anymore cleaning people used to be 20 like three years ago now that's like 40 but i mean you're gonna have to convert a couple of the, like those 10 people that call you at a three hour cleaning times 40 is you know it's 120 times 10 you've made 1200 bucks and you cost you a thousand so it's like even on that low level hourly you can make a profit so yeah. I, I just I, I feel like it's underutilized um, but it shouldn't be the only kind of piece. So, you know, if you're starting up, you got to know you're going to spend money on marketing mm -hmm. or a lot of time picking up the phone and calling places. Yep. But if you're trying to work with non-businesses, right, you know, you can't call homes like you did 30 years ago. Yep. Nobody has a home line, yep. right? So, yep. I don't know, <clears throat> direct mail. Now, if you're targeting business owners, you know, the phone call is like the greatest thing. When I moved to Traverse City 11 years ago, I just started calling people out of the yellow pages and Google and they'd be like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know anybody. Come meet me. I want to meet you. Like, let's talk about stuff. And, you know, I'd say like, the, you know, some people are like, I'm happy with where I'm at, but other people would be like, I like that you're like 
hustling. Like I respect the, you know, you know, game recognized game, right? So the people would meet. Um, you got to be hungry, right? I think, you know, that's the thing. If you think you're going to start a business and I, and I'm not talking about like an app or like a, you know, something that's hot, you know, more tech and quote unquote, what I would call startup oriented, where there's this scalability feature and you're looking for venture capital. I'm talking more like, you know, your mom and pop, you know, your, whether it's a bricks and mortar, you know, for example, a coffee shop or a retail store, you have to go outbound and tell you people your story, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody's, you know, if I put a, if I, if I'm a CPA, right. And I want to do tax work just because I put my name out there, no one's going to call me. Mm-hmm. You're got to go take clients from other people. Yep. So how do you do that? You get on the phone for yeah. sure. So, uh, so what are you doing? I want to go back to the direct mailers. Cause I'm kind of actually Mark made me a really badass um, piece of art that we we're going to use for direct mailers. But then, you know, I got thinking in a couple of days, wait, he draws too. Or is this digital art? It's all, it's all, yeah, it's all Look at this jack of all trades. It's actually really sweet. Um, New Leonard Media. All right. It's actually, it turned, well, I knew that. It turned out really well. Have you seen? Nope. So, so Mark Wilson of New Leonard Media uh, created a nice ad for Bittinger, Bittinger? Bittinger, hard G. Bittinger you should know Asphalt this Asphalt Management. Two, three, one. Oh, that's not a real number. No. But free estimates. All right. Yeah. So I got I got thinking about that. And then I'm like, it, it kind of goes against everything that I've learned in the coaching world. Um, and obviously, I think there's a place for direct mailers. Um, I don't think that that's the best route to go. I think like, you know, and, and here's a couple reasons. So you get you send out a bunch of mailers, and nine times out of ten, what do you do with those? Obviously, well, you throw right. them away. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they get thrown away. Right, but there's that one to two percent hit mm-hmm. rate, right? And and if you have like your guys's, you know, um, business, uh, that one hit might the pay one for hit the whole pay, thing. pays for it ten times over sometimes. Sure. So yeah. and then, but here's my argument, like. How do you know that that one percent is because because there is such such a thing as qualified and, and not qualified leads? Oh, oh right, right, right. So how do you know that like that one to two percent is is not a shit lead? Well, you you don't write off the beginning, and I'm not saying one to two percent is your lead rate. I would say your lead rate's closer to four <laughs> to five. Your conversion rate's about one percent overall. So that means a converted lead was qualified because they paid money for mm-hmm. it, right? So the reason, so like, I'll t- okay, so coaching, I'm going to hold that in my left hand, and I'm going to say like traditional marketing in the right hand, and coaching not being a marketing, but like things you've learned from it. So that, so when you first start a business, how many startup people do you know hire coaches? None. Okay, so we'll get back to that. So you're you're brand new, you don't usually hire a coach. You know why? Capital. You don't have any money, right? Because all your money is going into getting money to come in the door. You don't typically need coaching until you're starting to stumble or you're starting yeah, yeah, yeah. to the, the, the school of hard knocks has taught you some lessons and you've gotten to this pivot point where you're like, well, what I'm doing has worked a bit, but I'm coming to like a, a blank. So 
and I'm familiar with a lot of business coaching. And I mean, I, I do this in a sense. In I'm going to pause you real quick. I'm not talking about hiring a coach when you start. Oh, I, right. I'm okay. just saying it because you're saying direct mail is kind of contrary to some of the stuff you learn. Mm-hmm. Well, here's why you're taking coaching is targeting more of a mature business or so like think about a business on a curve right at the bottom. It's it's trying to J curve up. Right. So you're trying to accelerate your growth and sales and revenue to hit a point where now you've got lifestyle and the stuff you want to get to maybe a plateau where you're kind of coasting and doing well. And maybe you want to J curve up some more. Coaching falls into play, you know, probably in that like middle to later part of that J curve where you either plateaued or you're now in the wave where you've hit a point and then you're up and down and up and down. And it's, it's like, what am I doing? But to get Mm -hmm. the, the, it, Coaching and the things I think you learn from that aren't the rocket fuel. So you need the rocket fuel to get off the launch pad. And that's the, you know, the hustle of like picking up the phone, making a lot of calls. It's the direct mailers. But like, here's the thing. If I send a thousand pieces of mail and I make, does that mean I can't make a hundred phone calls a week as well? Absolutely. No, I mean, I can go do both, right? Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. the beauty yeah. of your your passive and active marketing. Your active marketing is when you're trading your time to develop a, a pipeline of people, So, which we call prospecting, right? Mm-hmm. So in the banking world, like I was complaining to one of my colleagues today, a good friend of mine who's also a lender for another financial institution, it's like we're both so busy, and I'm like, well, some of it is busy and stuff I don't want to be working on right now. And it's just like, I, I got to get this off my plate because I love prospecting. I love meeting new people and like talking to them about their business and what they want to do. And But I also know when I can't do that, that means like my sales in six months, a year out, like they're not, I got to, I got to develop those for, for the future. But when you're prospecting, you're taking time away from something else, right? Mm-hmm. But when you've got these passive marketing tools, whether it's, Radio, TV, direct mail, Facebook, Google AdWords, all that other stuff. It's working for you when you're also working for yourself. So I do feel for people starting in a lot of businesses, direct mail is a good space. I feel that, you know, especially if you're retail or restaurant, catering, you know, it's you've got to develop, you've got to get in front of as many people as you can. And maybe like some of them are qualified and some of them are not. But you may find that a non-qualified lead, right, somebody who's like, you know, was a tire kicker but really doesn't want, you know, is a more of a, let's say, a budget shopper for whatever you're offering, they may really feel good about talking to you and your the experience of interacting with you. And they may tell 10 people where maybe that customer who spent a thousand bucks with you or whatever doesn't, doesn't tell anybody, mm-hmm. you know, who's worth more as a client to you, right? Like that's a... That's a tough challenge. So you, I guess when you look at non-qualified people, you can't necessarily discount them all. I mean, some you know you can. You can figure out, like, you don't know anybody. You're not going to talk about me. Yeah. But I, I just – the launching pad. You got to, like, fill the rocket with fuel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so back on back on direct mailers, um, I'm going to kind of, like, offer – and I don't disagree with what you're saying at all, but here's here's where I kind of like decided against direct mailers because, you know, there's some people out there that maybe a thousand bucks is 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 kind of risky for them, right? So it can be. Um, and and you know, obviously, when you're starting a business, you know that you're going to spend a lot in marketing because you need to, you do need to get the the name out there. Um, but it, on the contrary to 
you know, direct mailers, what I feel is a better, I would say a better avenue to take and doesn't really cost anything is exactly what you said, picking up the phone. Yeah, no, that's the freest way to do it. So when I was an FA, that was the most common thing back, like stockbrokers back in the day, they couldn't do mailers, okay? Because sending a mail, a mass mailer from a financial company used to be so highly regulated that you'd have to get like corporate approval and, and anything you wanted to talk about really didn't make sense, right? So yes, it is free to pick up the phone. Yeah, and I think it's a great idea if you can do that. And and now obviously with COVID, um, you know the in person thing is is kind of you know is happening more often now. So what I would suggest is if you build relationships with I would say thirty referral partners, you know you find people who are going to have to utilize your services, like okay in the asphalt world. Um, call, you know, I've, I've got to call excavating companies. I got to call realtors. I've got to call sure. and you sit down with them and you tell them, look, you know, I, I'm interested in, in forming, you know, a referral partnership. Um, you obviously, you get their ideal client from them and, and figure out who they're looking for and how you can better assist them and send them work or leads. Um, and then you know that lead is qualified because you have that conversation. So, and then you obviously oh, tell them about the lead that you're looking for. It's like so B and I, man. If, when I, yeah. If, so if you've got if you've got thirty like genuine referral partners that you've met with, um, and you've got you know their ideal client and your ideal client to them, um, I feel like that will get you busier oh, it, than any kind of pay. direct That's mailer, and it's between... free. Well, that's the difference between farming and hunting, right? So, and so I've been involved in networking groups that were very structured. Um, BNI, you know, Business Networking International, which is like, it's a networking group and a cult, and they it's will sue cult. the hell out of us for saying that. And I'm okay with that. That's why. That's why I'm not it. But I mean, you know what? The, 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 in the non-cult part of it is though, there is some really positive things, and I do recommend for people starting up in a lot of businesses. And actually, you should give that a year of a chance and see what happens. Now, if Me you're not personally doing, or them? Yes, for your asphalt company, I would recommend you do it for a year. I did it. A whole year? Yeah. I did it for Great Lakes. And, like, okay. we, we just – the you know, especially for me, like, I'm looking for commercial – you know it, what I mean? it can be tough. So it, it's, it, it's a lot tougher. It but. depends. I think your group matters. But if you think about your time and money, if you only got, like, two jobs a year out of it, right – and those were $20,000 jobs, it made sense to do it, right? Like, that's why you see like, realtors, financial advisors, lawyers, chiropractors. I mean, you always see the same cadre of the same professions in those type of groups because they know all they have to do is convert a couple people a year, and it's going to pay the bill, right? Mm -hmm. um, I do understand that with, like, having, quote-unquote, referral partners, and that organization is based completely on having referral partners, but the reality is that it, that organization is based on trust. So you have to trust and know those people. So like those those meetings with those people that you're meeting with on a regular basis to tell them about what you're looking for, for you to learn about what they're looking for. Yeah, you can do that in a free manner. You can do that in a structured networking group manner. I mean, that's that's the farming, right? So if you're, a, you know, we're out hunting is the direct mail, making phone calls. Like you're looking to target someone. <clears throat> Those other ones are kind of farming and fostering that kind of long-term growth strategy. But I think if you're starting up, you got to do both. Like if you're yeah. – you should be doing both. You should sure. be 
like pretend you're uh, you know you're uh, you're you're on a desert island mm-hmm. you've got to plant your crops right. today yeah but it takes weeks for these things to grow yep. so while you're waiting for your plants to grow, you got to go out and shoot something. Yeah, I would definitely do both. I'm not trying to say direct mailers is a waste of money, but I do think that there are other avenues. Like if you're trying to start a business with, you know, low startup funds. Make phone calls. Make phone calls. Oh, yeah. Find referral partners. Really, like, go out and hunt. And also, too, like the big, you know, the biggest thing is people don't hire people who they don't know, like, and trust nine times out of ten. That's why the whole direct mailer thing. Well, that's like a total – that's like actually a BNI axiom in their freaking material is like is that, people do business with who, who they know, who they like, and who they trust. That, but that's that's you totally know, true. that's totally true because if I don't – if I don't know, like, nine times out of ten, you're hiring a buddy or, like, your friend goes – or someone asks you, hey, do you know anyone who does this? And then they're like, yeah, my friend does and blah, blah, blah. So – you get referrals based off people who know, like, and trust you, or you know, someone who uh, repeat, uh, repeat customer. So nine times out of ten, they're hiring people that they know, like, and trust, and that's the thing with direct mailers. Like, you're just this, you know, and and I don't know, personal opinion. Again, not trying to shoot it down, but it just comes off like you. I don't know. It. I obviously you're a new startup. Um, so you're trying to get your name out there. People kind of know that, and that can fire off some like trust issues. Like, Oh, do they know what they're doing? Like, yeah, but I think it's also like, it's part of a strategy and a campaign, right? So would I say do that alone? No, but I would say in for most, I mean, if you, if you named industries, I would say, yup, yup, no, no, yes, yes, no, no. And I would say, but the thing with direct mail is it's measurable and it's trackable mm-hmm. and you can create metrics from it. So when you can have those things, that makes it a, a good marketing tool. Now now we have things like Google and all the analytics from Facebook. So I can make target more targeted ads for people if I want to spend a different type of money, like the Google. Um, you know, that's terrific. But yeah. <clears throat> what I would say is it's all part of a, uh, like the spectrum of it. I, I would anything that you can measure, anything that you can take metrics from, I think is worth considering. Mm-hmm. If you're bootstrapping and you have no money, you know, then it is, hey, Hustle. let's meet for coffee, and I'm pretending we all meet for coffee still, or hey, I'd love to schedule 15 minutes of time next week to talk about what I do and love mm-hmm. to learn a little bit more about what you do. You know, and be honest with people like, hey, I just started my own blank. I after spending 20 years in this industry, you know, I'm looking to get my name out. I'd love to spend some time to tell you about it. Yep. And people love that authenticity. Yep. And so, yep, it costs nothing to make a phone call. Yep. Like I would do that all day. I yep. mean, I did that for years. And I think utilizing, obviously, I've talked about utilizing social media, you know, um, a what lot. Is social media. Social media. I'm Social media? Currently a non-user. Um, well, I mean, that's a that's a huge, Almost huge, huge months. advantage um, when you're trying to build a business because that's yes. another way, especially over COVID, um, and people, you know, not really meeting up a whole lot to get that no like, and trust factor because, you know, through video and we have these things we hold on to 18 hours a day that can create video that, it, you know, and I'm not talking these about. These things he was not handling himself. That was his cell phone. Yes, that was my cell phone. 
Um, but you know, I think a lot of people underutilize that. Um, they do. I think you can, but you can come across as disingenuous on social media when it's constantly a promotion piece, right? So it's like, Hey, hire me, hire me, hire me. Or I do this, I do this, I do this. Sure. It's gotta be the right content, but like, I'm not talking about going, Hey, you know, this is Nick from blah, 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 blah. Uh, we do this, 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 and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just talking about being like having that authenticity on social media. Like show oh, people yeah. who Jeff is, who Nick is. Like already document the things. Document the things you're already doing. People overcomplicate it, you know, when it comes to social media. Like you don't necessarily have to have this like big, you know, marketing campaign to like shoot all these videos and tell people about your business. Sure, like add that in, but you love Canadian. Clearly Canadian. Clearly Canadians. So I'm shoot, Robert Goulet, shoot, and I love Clearly Canadian. Shoot yourself a video of God, drinking cl- Clearly so Canadians talking. I mean, that so that just shows and bleeds authenticity and, and lets people know that you're a freaking weirdo, and you know people might like you for that. So people love me for being weird. No, I think you know on a marketing side of starting a what I would consider more of a like service based business. You've got to you've got to try every avenue mm-hmm. that that you can afford and put you know do, and then pick and choose. Like if things work, roll with that, you know. And you might find some of it's timing and luck. You know, COVID direct mail probably worked a ton because mm-hmm. people got their mail right, and they didn't have anything to do sometimes. And I guarantee there were people that looked at the entire value pack of the coupon book and we're like oh this looks interesting you know and just because they're bored where you know summertime in typical traverse city people are not like necessarily looking through all that stuff right Mm. um i I just i would avoid the yellow pages i just know my personal like experience with my mail i literally grab my mail and i check it about once every two weeks and i well that's also goes to who your your target is so if i'm targeting 50 plus mail's still a big thing. I mm-hmm. maybe have 60 plus, let's say. Right. But you know, Reti- if I'm targeting Gen Z and like like the millennial groups, uh, you know, direct mail is probably gonna be a little different. I'm gonna probably do something more like, you know, uh geofencing text messages or something if I'm a retailer. <laughs> right. So it's like the second you walk near my store within, you know, two thousand yards, you get an automatic text ping or your message, you know, your ads that you see on, you know, Amazon or whatever, like the ads that I pay for digitally start catering towards your likes. Like there's so many more things you can do, but it's like, who are you targeting and figure out like how that's going to speak to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you know, then there's always like hiring a marketing company. Like I don't necessarily think that's always a great idea, but if you've got the money, they're so slimy, they're not, slimy. they're slimy. Dude, this is a marketing company. New Leonard Meat, no, no, no. Mark's offended now. Mark's offended. We're not even welcome back. This is the oh, last shit. show. He took his he took his hat off. He's serious. This is not a marketing company. We provide. We have creative tools that support your marketing plan. Yeah, right. So if yeah, screw you, agency bastards. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Flight Path Creative. No, I'm not. Leap I didn't plan. actually say that. Leap Plan Marketing. Leap, Leap Plan. Leapfrog Marketing. Ditto. 
Okay. So don't hire an agency or hire one. They can be slimy. It depends. You've had some bad luck? No, I just, I've just heard a lot of horror stories and I know enough about them that, like, that's not the I avenue I'm going to take. I just want to hook up with Trish for marketing. She a redhead? I don't know. I just made her up. I know. I was trying. I don't even I think anyone makes to... names a girl Trish in our age group. <clears throat> Trish is probably forty-seven years old. I'd no, I know. A, I know a Trish. Who's Trish the in, dish in the in the third in her thirties. Mark knows Trish's Trish the dishes. dish. Trish's dishes. That, that was a real thing. Oh, okay. Trish's dishes. All right. Well, I'm grasping at straws. So. Try different things. I think that's like kind of the big takeaway. Um, and if you're low on like startup funds and you don't have the money to like do direct mailers, build relationships. Yeah. Pick up the phone, find referral partners, and you know there's pick, lots you can do for no cost. Pick up the phone and call Tyrone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Call Tyrone. We've been listening to more Eric Compadu lately, and. The Roots and the Fugees. Kids are like, who's this Lauren Hill that keeps playing? Well, it's, They're young. She's the bomb. She was the bomb. So anything else you want to add? No, I think, you know, I would just recapture that try different avenues. And then what works for you may not, like your business, what works for even your competitors, and it may not work for you. So if, you know, if, you know, uh, Joe's, Plumbing and heating is doing direct mailer and they crush it, you know, and you do direct mail and it never works. Well, that doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means like try something different and don't right. be afraid to fail, you know, but it does, you know, takes money to make money. That's, that's true. Make but money, money, make money, money, money. Measure, measure. Like if you're going to do callers, calls, don't just pick up the phone, like track how many people you talk to. You create a database on those people and say like, okay, I called. 200 people this like last two weeks here are their names and then have like a little note and if you're gonna follow up and you tell somebody you're gonna follow up like follow up that's easy like be consistent have a crm if you can if you can it's called microsoft excel or google sheets yep that's true you can do that yep yep uh or a pad of paper and if you don't know how youtube i dude i still use a pad of paper sometimes for that stuff terrible yep so secret to my success is a calculator. I was going to say something and I forgot. Well, I got a lot of questions offline. Mark's got questions. Oh, um, what I was going to say is... I want to eat these chips. If you guys need help, don't DM Jeff because he's not on Facebook. You can DM me. He's not on Facebook. You can find me on the Facebook. You just can't find me. You On Messenger, you can find me. Would you like to? Would you like people to ask questions if they have questions? Of course they do. Okay, DM Jeff. Them. DM me. We're here to help. Um, DM you know, me. We both have uh, been in the business world for a little bit and would love to help you be more successful. See you so. in Florida, people. Can't wait. Have fun on your trip. Oh, can't wait. Drive safe. Um, should I download dating on dating apps down there and see what what weird stuff? You should down definitely there? swipe. Yeah. But then, like, what happens when I run into like when I swipe when I see my ex fiance on the dating app? Because they're in the same place. Do I swipe left or right? Which swipe one's right. Because then you'll know if she swiped on you. I don't want to mess with that. I'm not touching that. All right. See you, Crest. See you.